Hi, I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, and I had a few friends ask me how come I haven't talked about The Mandalorian Season 2. So this is going to be a fairly short podcast where I'm just going to uh, get into spoilers and, and talk about what I liked about this season. So after the first season of The Mandalorian, I was totally hooked. The first three episodes, I liked it. I, you know, I liked the realism of it. I, I liked that the special effects matched up. I liked that it felt like Star Wars. And that was my biggest reviews of season one, is that this felt more like Star Wars than anything since the original trilogy. And I'm not dissing the, the, the new movies. I like the new movies. I like them all, actually. I think Rogue One was the best of them, but I have no problems with The Rise of Skywalker or any of those. I, I, I think J.J. Abrams and the team have done the best in those movies that they could do. They were trying to make blockbuster movies that felt like the original movies, and they gave it their best shot, and I enjoyed them immensely. But The Mandalorian took the place of, this is the best Star Wars and Star Wars, you know, kind of thing. It just feels... it. <clears throat> when L- Lucas got into the prequels, and then we got into the sequels, you know, bigger budgets, better special effects, and all that, and it looks like Star Wars, and it does feel like Star Wars, but there was something about the original movie and the original movies that they were a little more, I don't know... I don't want to say low budget or handmade or whatever, but they were a little more handmade than things are today. Well, there's just a lot more hands on them today. There's hundreds of people working on special effects and stunts and things like that, uh, that there were a handful back in the day, a handful of guys did the special effects and things like that. But The Mandalorian, because it's a TV show and because they're not working with those movie gargantuan budgets, that they had to do what they do to make this, you know, as Star Warsy as a Star Wars TV show was what we all thought in our heads when we saw those first movies. We all, why can't they make a Star Wars TV show? Well, looking back, it's hard to make a big, cool science fiction show and make it last. Uh, Star Trek's done a few good ones, and there's Battlestar Galactica reboot and things like that, Firefly. But, you know, in the long run, it, it's not easy. And to take a movie and make a TV show out of it's even harder. So, I loved the first season, you know, this is the, but you know, I, I liked Baby Yoda, <clears throat> Grogu, as we found out in the second season, uh, as much as anybody else. And I would keep watching The Mandalorian forever if it stayed at that first season level. It felt like some of the episodes were just kind of there, not really filler, but to give us a little more sides of the Mandalorian and things like that. But then by the end, we tied into, holy crap, the, the Empire is back. You know, this all takes place after Return of the Jedi. And and dude's got a Darksaber that's from the, you know, from the greater mythology. And holy crap, this is going to be, you know, that led to, wow, the second season is going to be great. And then the second season did exactly what no one expected, but they should have done. And in retrospect, it was a great idea. Try not, let's not outdo what we did first season. Let's just double down on all the mythology. And when the second season started, we just got more into Star Wars and more into Mandalorians and more into Baby Yoda and more, you know, and they doubled down on that. Instead of trying to go bigger and wider, they went kind of in and it was great, and they were entertaining. And this season just felt more cohesive to me, I guess, because it was kind of one long story, where the first one does have that story arc running through the eight episodes, but there are also individual episodes that you could take out that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't matter to the end game. Where this particular series, little more important stuff happens in every episode. And by the time we got to those last three episodes, 
those are the best Star Wars since the original movies. Holy crap, the last three episodes of season two are freaking amazing. And the last one, jaw-dropping. As my buddy put it, he didn't want to give me spoilers. He watched it before I and sent me a message on Facebook and said, you know, if the series ended right here, I'd be happy. And I was like, wow, I don't even know what, did everybody die? You know what happened? And then I watched it and went, you know what? I've had more than one person say that now, that it, this was the end of The Mandalorian and they were going to branch off into other shows and this was the end of this story. I'd be fine with it. it the way it ended was just... And I'm going to get into some serious spoilers here. Uh, there is a major actor who does... Well, there's a lot of major actors in The Mandalorian both seasons. But there is a major Star Wars actor who makes a, an appearance. An appearance that we have all been waiting for since 1977. And it is jaw-droppingly good. And I'm going to talk about it. So if you haven't watched the episode yet, tune out now and come back. So in the at the end of the last episode, the seventh one or the 15th one. Um, yeah, because they're calling them chapters one through 16, but Disney plus is still putting them up as season two, episode eight, you know, um, which is a bit confusing, but I get it. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, the, the 14th, <laughs> the 15th and the, the seventh of the season ended with Mandalorian sending a message, uh, that, you do not understand how much I want the child. I'm coming for the child. It was basically, you know, taken. Uh, you took my kid and I'm going to find you and kill you. And and that, wow, what a great cliffhanger to drop us before the season finale. And I had no idea. Back in the earlier in the season, Ahsoka, who was also a great addition to Star Wars mythology, brought in from the Clone Wars and the cartoons and, and into live action and She's getting her own series and stuff, which I think is great. She was a great character. It was a great introduction. She had a great episode. But when she tells him that he needs to take Grogu to this Jedi temple and he needs to find and reach out and find another Jedi, sure, we all had fan theories of who that Jedi was going to be. Some people said, well, it'll just be Ahsoka. I'm like, well, why would she send you know him to contact Jedis if she's just going to be the one, right? And so then people brought up some more fringe Jedis and a few of us are going, wait, how cool would it be if Luke Skywalker showed up, you know, right? So you've got this episode where they, they come up with a plan. Uh, Mando goes back to Bo-Katan and says, need your help. Uh, if we do this, you can keep the ship and the Darksaber. I just want the child. She agrees. So Boba Fett and his partner and, and the, t the two Mandalorians, and they all get together, and they come up with a plan that they're going to strike the, the bad Empire ship and rescue the child, right? And so they start executing the plan. Doesn't go really well, but they do execute the plan. Everything is going great. And then Mando, who was supposed to, while everybody else was fighting, sneak around and go find the child, does and walks in. And there is Mr. Bad Guy <laughs> holding the Darksaber right over Grogu's head. And I don't know about everybody else, but I got a lump in my throat. I'm like, uh, I don't pretty much knew they weren't going to kill him, but still, it's like, holy crap, you know, this is this is getting tense. And then how the scene plays out that he says, oh, I, I can keep the dark saber and you just want the child? Okay, take the child. You, I went, really? You know? And then, of course, he pulls out the dark saber and there's a battle. And it was good. It was, it, it, the buildup was there. Uh, he was good. Uh, they both fought well. And Mando wound up winning and didn't kill him, which 
I don't know that I would have done that, but he does have a lot of information. They wanted to keep him because they want to get Mandalore back, and he's got all this Empire information in his head. But I knew keeping him alive was going to cause them some problems, and Mando shows up in the bridge because they've taken over the ship, and he's got, you know, Moff in in shackles, and he's got the Darksaber, and then the plot twist— that you can't give the dark saber. It has to be won in battle. It has to be taken, not given. And he can't just give it to her. And and the dude moth it, it moth is using his powers of persuasion to try and cause strife between the two of them. And all this is happening. And then the dark troopers. You know they they tease that for a while. And the dark troopers stole the child. And coming up with the plan, they knew they only had a certain amount of time to take over the ship before the Dark Troopers would be charged up and activated because we find out the MacGuffin that, well, they take too much power and they don't leave them on all the time. Okay, <laughs> that works for the storytelling, right? So they do power up and, and Mando gets there just in time to shut the doors and lock them out, but one gets through and he barely, barely beats the one droid and he flushes the rest out into space. And at first you go, yay! Oh, wait. They have boot jets. So later in the episode, when they've taken over the ship, all of a sudden, guess who comes back? And they're screwed because Mando, one-on-one with one of them, it took him five minutes and he barely won. You know, he was going to lose that fight. And so here we go. And and they're at the door of the bridge and they're coming in and there's a whole platoon of them. And all of a sudden, this little lone X-Wing comes in and you're like, holy shit, no. You know, it could be anybody. Who is it? You know, literally the Star Wars universe could pull out any Jedi from Clone Wars, from the Rebels, from whatever, from any movie and and put it in there, you know, because you don't you just don't think they're going to get Mark Hamill. You just don't think they're going to get Luke Skywalker. And the Jedi gets off and he starts just laying waste to these dark troopers like they're nothing. And through the scenes, they're they're trying their best not to show you. But you first kind of get a glimpse of the boots. Then you kind of get a glimpse of the hand with the glove on it, and then the lightsaber is green, and we all went, holy crap, this has to be. And when he walks onto the bridge and pulls his hat off, or pulls his you know, his cowl off, um, it's Luke Skywalker. And you could have dropped a pin. <laughs> you could have heard a pin drop in our living room because it was like, holy crap, they really did it. And yes, they've done the Disney Marvel smoothing, uh, make him look younger because this takes place right after Return of the Jedi. He's literally wearing the clothes from Return of the Jedi. Not that it took place minutes after, but you know what I mean. This takes place right after Return of the Jedi in the scheme of the Marvel un- or the uh, Star Wars universe. And the the CG was okay. It looked better than Princess Leia in Rogue One, but not quite as good as say uh, Tony Stark and in, in in the Iron Man movies and things like that. I think there is better, but then again, time, budget, you know. I think they did what they could. Would have looked better if he didn't talk or if they didn't show him when he was talking. If they just showed him standing there, it was a lot better. But once he started to talk, okay, CG face. You can tell it's a CG face. But it was really Mark Hamill. It was really his voice. He was really there. It's not like they just created one. And funny, Mark Hamill on Instagram yesterday is posting a picture of him going, shh. And then later he trolls us all by saying, did you see anything good on TV today? You know? <laughs> I didn't think they would do it. And they did it. They have they have ended the show in the best way possible where they can do anything else. As one of my favorite reviewers pointed out on YouTube, the, the show became the story of the relationship of those two, right? 
I mean, it really did. Mandalorian was not about that to begin with, but that's where it's kind of gone. And that final scene, how does Star Wars do it? Only Star Wars and maybe the Muppets have been able to use puppetry special effects in real humans and get an emotional moment out of it. Dude's holding an animatronic puppet that touches his face, and we all kind of tear up a little bit. I mean, seriously, who who can pull that off? But I got to give it to Dave Filoni and um, John Favreau, the showrunners who have, who have taken us on this ride, who... I said after the first season, I'm in. I love Mando. Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, I'm in. I like it. It, it really good show. One of my favorites. I can't wait for season two. Now it's like, this is freaking Star Wars. This is Star Wars. So we end with Luke Skywalker is taking Grogu uh, to go train him because Ahsoka told us she couldn't do it, need a really good Jedi. We assume that he's going to go to like take him to Dagobah and they're going to train with Yoda for a while. But think about, you know, and, and so there's this poignant scene where Mando has to convince Grogu to go. Grogu wants permission, as Luke says. And he gives it to him, but he's got tears in his eyes because he moved into the dad role over the last few episodes. He wasn't just the caretaker or the friend. He, he's become the dad on the show, and, and that relationship is clear. And, and it's touching that he's got, you know, he's got to do the best for the kid, the 50-year-old alien kid. You know, but so he lets him go with Luke Skywalker, and uh, that was emotional. But now, you know, we've got the dark saber, we've got the bad guy, we've got a big ship, we've got you know, we we've got information, we've got technology, we've got so there's all sorts of things that the Mandalorian can do in the next season, and I thought it ended great. And then there's this post credit scene. Holy crap, that even was, I don't know what was better. Luke Skywalker, the post credit scene. Again, massive spoilers. In the post credit scene, we see um, Boba Fett and his partner go into Jabba the Hutt's palace from Return of the Jedi. But, of course, Jabba died in Return of the Jedi, so it's Bib Fortuna there. Wow! I haven't heard that name since the original Star Wars movies, but Bib Fortuna is there and tries to talk his way out of it, and Boba Fett just shoots him, kills him, pulls him off the throne, sits down at the throne, like the end of the Conan movie, just sits it, takes it, you know, and then it flashes the Book of Boba Fett, December 2021. Now, I love the theories that are coming out there. I'm assuming Boba Fett's getting his own show, but there are a, a few, you know, they didn't specify. It could be a movie. It could be a different direction for the Mandalorian. You know, we might... Sw- no, I don't think that. I I think we'll see Baby Yoda again. I think the Mandalorian will continue doing what it does. And I think now that Star Wars has announced we're getting all these other shows, that's what they're kind of doing. They're, they're, they're showing you where the branches of the tree branch off. And a Boba Fett show, an Ahsoka show, I am 100% in. What Dave Filoni and John Favreau have done... Uh, I had a buddy online post a picture of two kids playing with Star Wars toys, and the names Filoni and Favreau were over their heads, and it's like them making The Mandalorian. I totally think that. What I think, and this is just my opinion, Disney has done when they've bought these giant properties, they've done the right thing by them. In the past, when movie studios bought an IP uh, a series or whatever, they tried to do their own thing with it. And they what Disney is now doing is letting the geeks run the show. They obviously worked with Marvel. It's obviously working with Star Wars. Keep doing what you're doing and let these people do it. 
I can't say enough great things. I am now totally invested in Mandalorian being part of Star Wars 100%. It is Star Wars that we have these days because the Skywalker movies are over and that kind of thing. So if you haven't watched it yet, I hope it didn't spoil it for you, but watch it. Can't wait for season three. Can't wait for the Boba Fett show. Can't wait for the Ahsoka show. Can't wait for the 11, what, 11 shows, movies, and things that are in the works. Star Wars is in good hands. I'm very happy. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. This turned out a little bit longer than I did talking about The Mandalorian Season 2, but I hope you enjoyed it. Sharing is caring. Please subscribe. Check out the Patreon. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you.